And welcome to the pre-snap motion podcast episode number 26 week six. I'm Chad Scott with me as always my buddy Rich Rebar. Rich what's happening man? Chad my brother man it's a, we're, we're recording on a Thursday night there's yeah. no football and then just like you know COVID season has moved our Thursday night game uh, we had to alter our course because you had, you know, a little scare at work. Yeah. So like, you know, COVID is influencing not just the NFL, obviously not just the NFL. It's it's a part of all of our lives still. Uh, and we had you know, no game though. I mean, we really didn't hurt nothing. There's really no damage done recording. Uh, no one missed anything. There's no reason to have really any start sick questions or need for ranks or any, you know, no, no lineup conundrums right now because we've got a few days to just kind of absorb it all until Sunday morning. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, and it's kind of a good, it's a good thing. I feel like this week that we had to delay by, you know, 24 hours because we did get some huge news that we'll get into um, later in the show. But yeah, man, it was, it's been a crazy week. Um, lots of, lots of, of uh, nasal swabbing uh, I've done in the last 24 hours, but uh, ready to talk some football with you. How is the nasal in- swab? Have you? Cause I have not partaked myself yet. Oh yeah, knock on wood. But uh, you're a pro at it at this point, right? Oh yeah, I mean I've done over, I mean probably over 200 swabs now. Um, the nasal swab, if it's just a nasal swab, much better. But like because we're like running low on kits, it's the nasopharyngeal swab, which is the one that tickles your brain. So that one, that one's pretty pretty rough to to do to to old people and to anyone really. Oh. Um, you know, but uh, if 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 you ain't bleeding, you didn't you didn't do it right. No, but uh, yeah, let's get into some week six, man. Uh, before we do, though, I want to make sure everybody's going over to sharpfootballanalysis.com, picking up Warren's book, uh, 2020 Football Preview, and make sure you're going over there and checking out the fantasy football package that includes the world infamous worksheet that Rich does each and every week. And uh, Rich, what, how's the worksheet going, man? It's been good so far. I mean, there's been a lot of hits. Obviously, you know, you run into a few misses so far, but I mean, it's really been a good analysis year, you know, for me, knock on wood through, you know, five weeks. And, you know, even the Clyde Edwards Hilaire thing, like I was emphasized that he was really only an auction target because there was a lot of unknown. So, you know, with this, you know, rookie running back, we're doing a lot of projection to take a guy, you know, six, fifth, six overall. Um, But on my teams are all in a lot of really good shape just because the draft structures that I laid out were good. I mean, I definitely missed a lot of players and had some, you know, drafted some bad players on the road, but the way I structured my teams by going so wide receiver heavy rounds three through six this year. And like that area of the draft, I've gotten a a number of hits uh, on teams that have really been, kind of good so far so i mean we're doing doing all well through five weeks and you know uh hopefully we get to continue and we keep doing well and we push this train you know deep into uh you know weeks 14 15 16 but well that's right yeah make sure i mean you're doing that and you guys have um a bunch of new cool tools that are available to uh to everybody who it does subscribe so make sure you're going over there and doing that all right, so before we get started, it's a good time to tell everyone that sharpfootballanalysis.com is the best place for fantasy analysis and betting information. You can choose from season-long, four-week, or weekly packages that best suit your needs. Use code SHARP20 for 20% off any product site-wide at sharpfootballanalysis.com. 
All right, buddy. News and notes, man. We lost a good one this last week in Dak Prescott. Uh, we all saw the injury. Pretty brutal, man. Um, guy, you, tr- you honestly just kind of root for, and you just you, you, there was you. You always obviously exuded some sort of emotion when when you saw him getting carted off the field last week. Um, Andy Dalton's obviously called in as the backup. Teams could do worse than having and Andy Dalton as their backup quarterback. So, what does this mean for the Dallas offense and? Um, what can fantasy players kind of do for the rest of the season now that Prescott is out for the year? Yeah, that was uh, that injury was like my son's like first like you know kind of you know visual football scare. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember being young and like Bryant Young from the 49ers, like his he had that that lower leg injury where like it kind of went through the sock. Yeah. Uh, and like I remember that just like stuck with me. And you know when they cut to Dak and his foot was basically sideways my son was like oh like you know like just kind of like oh yeah like you knew so and then obviously him getting carted off was pretty emotional especially because you said it was a guy that we all like kind of agree should have been paid already or you know the contract you know it should have worked out and I know that he turned down a deal but you know playing under the franchise tag all the ramifications of what this means surrounding him and then you know, the season for the Cowboys as, as well, you know, and they've been an exciting team so far, but I, I still think there's some potential here. This isn't David Blau taking over, you know, it's not one of these situations where it's just all these guys that like, you have to run and hide from all these, you know, Dallas Cowboys that we're, we're, we're having the carnival. Sure. The carnival might not, you know, be 60 dropbacks. Like we have had, you know, the, the opening, you know, four or five games. And last week we saw their first game, they dropped a 35 dropbacks. It was their lowest this season. The previous low was week one, they had 45 dropbacks. And when they had 35 dropbacks we see how some of the targets get dispersed now you know like all those guys had seven eight targets to the 12 and we said that last week i mean we said like this was this was coming eventually anyway yep and you see that so you're gonna have a lot more weeks where it's not all three or four of these guys having big games you know it's gonna be games where it probably swings and oscillates a little bit where cd lamb is a hot week or michael gallup has a hot week or the amari cooper is hot week and then we try to figure out dalton schultz can sustain (laughs) you know at this point uh because his target share has been pretty low the last three weeks it was just that they're throwing so much that it was still up there because they're still going to throw to Zeke as well but Andy Dalton the one interesting thing is you know looking at his career is the one thing he does he gets rid of the football he's been top 10 in like time to throw to release the football uh and every year he was number one last year he's been top four six of the past nine years uh so even with the offensive line issues and he can't extend plays quite like Dak Prescott but he's not also a turtle back there either um but he gets the ball out of his hands so I mean that could benefit a guy like CeeDee Lamb maybe slot you know slot targets he did come in and just target he targeted all top guys three times so he didn't give us a lean really either uh you know to kind of give us a little inkling but i do think that you know if you're in a super flex league obviously you should have you know we weren't on this by the time you did waivers but he was probably an empty the chamber super flex moment um you know even in one qb leagues he was a guy that you could spend you know you you could put some some ducats on you're not going to get Dak prescott performances but i think he's capable uh to run into you know qb1 weeks he's a guy we can stream when the matchups are favorable we think there's going to be pass volume and most importantly he's a guy that's at least capable of sustaining the floors for all of these pieces like amari cooper uh, you know, CeeDee Lamb and the volatility of Michael Gallup is still just going to exist because the types of targets he gets. But uh, he's going to be able to keep this offense at least somewhat, you know, on script. And then the other big news coming out of the week was not only was Le'Veon Bell cut, um, he was then today, just a couple hours ago, actually signed by the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Clyde Edwards Elair owners. I, I can't stand how they say his name on, on TV. But um they obviously this this is 
kind of caps his, his ceiling, obviously, but uh, what are the fantasy implications with uh, Le'Veon Bell in Kansas City? Yeah, there's a kind of a lot of moving parts here. I mean, there's no way to really cut it as a pro, you know, uh, Clyde or Zelaer, you know, situation. It's just kind of question where does he where does he fall is what is, is like kind of the the question we have to ask. We know it, it's not an upside move for him. Uh, he's going to get touches shaved off. He's averaging 19.6 touches per game, but on those he was you know 20th in, in PPR points per game. I think from a point per game stance, he's going to be probably in a similar bucket as we try to figure this out to go short term. Uh, that he's going to be considered probably a floor based RB two. You know, a guy that can get 12 to 15, you know, touches, maybe there's more um, and, and kind of be useful uh, from a floor stance. But what, where is the upside going to come now? Is he going to get goal line carries? He already we already had that question based on the past three games, how they were calling plays inside the 10 yard line, running shovel passes and tight end tackle eligible plays and jet sweeps and even the touches Clyde edwards Zeller got inside the five last week are are a speed option or a rub route. They're not traditional power runs. Now, remember when they drafted Elair, they still had Damian Williams, who was a 225 pound back. That's also what Le'Veon Bell is, you know, a 230 plus pound guy. And Elair has only played eight snaps in pass protection this year. That is something Le'Veon Bell is accustomed to as well. I think that's immediately the role we see Le'Veon Bell come and get working immediately is short yardage and in the pass game and passing downs particularly. And we saw in the game against the Raiders where they were forced a negative game script for the first time this year, that Daryl Williams is the guy who played at the end of that fourth quarter in those situations. Um, so I think that's, that's where we've seen. And then obviously there's an out for Le'Veon Bell. Now there's an upside out that didn't exist with the Jets. Yeah. Uh, if Elair was to go down with injury, if he just takes on more of a workload than we assume, he has a ceiling potential to hit. And I mean, when you look at, you know, Le'Veon Bell's fit with the New York Jets, it was a disaster for his style of run, you know, his running style. He's a guy that likes to wait and pick out lanes, uh, probe a defense, and then, and then make his moves. And when your offensive line is just allowing guys in the backfield immediately, you can't have that type of rushing style. And that's why he struggled. He didn't have one 100-yard rushing game with the Jets uh, over 17 games. Um, so there is an out, too, if you drafted Le'Veon Bell, that there could be upside here, especially through injury or just workload. But uh, there's really no way to paint it as a pro for Elair. I think it's definitely a situation where we're looking at more as like a floor-based PPR, uh, RB2, and then you just have to figure out where the upside comes from. Is it a Le'Veon Bell injury or is he does start to score touchdowns? Um, but if you drafted him at five or six overall, I think you're going to have a tough time recouping that right now. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. Um, Wild Bell is is there and healthy. Um, it really does cap him. But I mean, let's not forget. I mean, Le'Veon Bell is 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 not the is is not the running back that he was uh, as a Pittsburgh Steeler. Um, he he can't seem to stay healthy for you know, consecutive weeks on end. So this actually might be a really good time in both redraft. It's going to be harder in dynasty. Cause I mean, most people got, uh, Elair at, uh, at the pick one Oh one. So I mean, it's going to be harder to pry it from them, but you know, people Remember, go he was redraft. the one Oh one and he was the one Oh one when we already assumed that he was going to have some kind of share with Damian yeah. Williams year one. Yeah. yeah. And was still the one Oh one. So I don't yeah. know if that really moves from a dynasty stance, you yeah. know, him really off. Like if you, if you did draft him, like, sure. You're disappointed. You didn't get that out of the box. Uh, you know, tarmac, you know, type of usage uh, and production. Uh, and you still might, there's, I, I guess that the window is not completely closed for that to happen either. Um, but the reason you still drafted him there was the long-term, you know, projection of this offense him being involved in this offense. Um, but yeah, him, you know, Damian Williams opting out was what vaulted him to the round one redraft pick instead of the third round redraft pick. And I think that's kind of an area where he kind of reverts to 
uh, you know, with Le'Veon, you know, in a couple of weeks here when he gets up to speed. Yeah, I mean, and, and Dynasty wise, I mean, honestly, I think this is actually, you know, if you if you if you're gonna look at the cup kind of half full here, um, he had no mentor there as a running back um, besides his coach, obviously his running backs coach uh, Eric Bieniemy. Um, Le'Veon Bell might be somebody that uh, can can kind of like kind of show him show him the ropes. I mean, he had Damian Williams as as basically like the the seasoned veteran to to kind of show him what to do. So I mean, this overall this could actually be a good thing for Clyde Clyde Edwards Alaire um, in the long run. But uh, short term, obviously this sucks, but might be a good buying opportunity opportunity in redraft if possible. Uh, let's get to Dalvin Cook. He looks like he is out for sure. He is out this week. It looks um, like he's going to yeah. be doubtful. And well, if that game, that game was looking doubtful this morning and now it's not. So <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. Um, so he, he's expected to miss one game. Um, so, I mean, this week is, it's pretty brutal, man. We have no, we have no uh, CMC. We have no cook. Kamara's on by Saquon's obviously out for the year. Um, God, round one, high draft picks. Woo. Not a, not a good fix, man. <laughs> yeah i mean i'm curious to see what a lot of starting lineups look like this week at the running back position i mean i'm in a main event team that basically is derrick henry and uh i don't even know like we don't even have a plan like what we're playing at rb2 uh <laughs> it, it might be like duke johnson uh just to have some guy get touches i i'm curious a lot of teams are probably in that boat this week where they're playing some non-friendly you know running backs with the amount of guys we have on by and on injury and you know losing dalvin cook and it's going to be an adventure, and especially DFS is going to be fun this week just because all those guys are off the board, and, you know, Zeke's on Monday night, so he's off the main slate. Uh, so it's going to be a fun a fun week for running backs this week. Man, I did my running back rankings, and it was very interesting when you get to even just, like, two and three. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's going to be an interesting week, but it doesn't look like Dalvin Cook's going to be a guy that's going to miss because they're biased next week. So it doesn't look like he's going to miss much time outside of this one game. Um, so everyone that rostered Alexander Madison, Hey, you get, you get a mid season, you know, RB one spot. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. He looked, uh, super good. Of course, everybody looks pretty good against the Seahawks uh, on offense. So, um, you know, we didn't really talk about, and before we get into our next segment, um, we talked Le'Veon Bell, obviously with the chiefs, but we didn't talk like who, who succeeds him now over in the jets. Um, we know Frank Gore's there. He's probably gonna get 30 touches a game because Adam Gaze is awesome. But Lamichael P. Ryan, I mean, is this some guy? Is somebody that you you like? I mean, I think Josh Adams is still there. I think I'm not totally sure, but yeah, Ty Johnson. Uh, yeah, I mean, these are these are the running backs that were like awesome, like waiver wire fodder last year, um, and here they are again. So, who who you like the best of that group? I mean, you would like to just like, we'd like at least just see what we have with Lamichael P. Ryan, right? Like, we just want to know because a lot of people right. just took him in the third or fourth round of the rookie draft and looked at the Jets situation and said, "Yeah, they've got Le'Veon, who's probably not going to be there long, and we'll take a shot on this guy and see what happens." But be the all the period Le'Veon was out that hamstring injury weeks two through four, Frank Gord, 51 touches. Jesus, uh, you know they're not even involved. Like Lamichael P. Ryan, even last week doesn't even play. I mean, so it's just like, you know, he's, he's buried behind the Gase situation. You know, they have to get him on the field to at least find out what they have for the future, right? Like we would assume, yeah. but why, I mean, how do we dare assume anything with Adam Gates at this point? Uh, same thing with Mims coming off of, you know, IR. Are they just going to like start playing him? Or is it going to, he's going to have to work his way in? It's Got to earn it, man. Got to earn it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's one of these things like who knows, but I, I would think that you just want to float out uh, a roster spot on the Michael P. Ryan if, if you can just to see where it goes. And if not, you know, you throw him back because we talked about it a lot a couple weeks ago with Devontae Freeman, like 
as bad as these situations are, you just don't want to ignore running backs because it could turn into a guy you need. I mean, if you had Devontae Freeman, you had to use him in a spot last week, he came through. He, he's yeah. had, actually the past two weeks, he's been a top 24 running back. Um, yeah, it's gross. That's not sexy. They're not the kind of points like you're like glued to your TV and they're riveting. But I mean, like I just told you, I'm in, I'm in a league where it's like, hey, you got to play. We're looking for running backs to play. Uh, so you got to, you know, if you got a roster spot, I would definitely, you know, throw, just cast a line on P Ryan. Uh, see where it goes. I mean, obviously, you know, you can use Gore in the short term for touches uh, as well because uh, they're probably going to play him this weekend, uh, which is another Frank Gore revenge game. I think he's ran the whole cycle this season. He's already played the 49ers. He's already played the Colts. Uh, Bills? So now he gets the – he has not played the not Bills. Not the Bills, yeah. yeah. he did, yeah. He did yeah, I was going to say, I swear he did. And yeah, yeah he did play the Bills in week one, and then this week he gets the Dolphins. So he's running, hey. the, the, he's running the gambit here yeah. uh, for the cycle. The Frank Gore yeah. revenge cycle is over. <laughs> and I thought it was actually really cool of Adam Gase to give uh, Frank Gore 51 touches the exact amount of years that he's played in the NFL. So that's very cool. Um, let's look at some trends, man. Uh, there's been no wide receiver one option in the Steelers uh, offense so far. Obviously, Chase Claypool tore it up last week. Um, you know, you're looking at Juju Smith-Schuster. Deontay Johnson just hasn't, hasn't been healthy uh, as of yet for 2020. But Chase Claypool looks – I mean, he looks every bit the part right now. Um, so where are we at on this offense, and who do you like at the receiver position? Yeah, this is a situation I think when you look at there's going to be a lot of weekly volatility because I think a, the main thing is you just look at how at the top, the, the kingpin, Ben Roethlisberger. And Ben Roethlisberger right now is only averaging 7.1 yards per pass attempt. That's 24th in the NFL. He's thrown for – fewer than 240 yards in three of his four games. Like there's not a lot of yardage and a lot of receptions to be had from an overall stance. He's throwing a lot of touchdowns right now uh, to carry his fantasy lines, but like, it's more of like, he's protected with the ball. There's not a, like a ton of value and a lot of good wealth of value. So I think we'll see some volatility from these wide receivers. And I think it'll probably be, uh, you know, more game plan related too as situations occur. I mean, the first two weeks, Deontay Johnson had 10 and 13 targets. Um, definitely a guy that like, you know, the, the, the archetype that Ben has typically jived with guys that can get targets near line of scrimmage, also vertical targets can do some yak things. Um, just hasn't been unhealthy. Left the game with a concussion uh, in week two or week three. And then, you know, they had a bye. So he's out of our kind of minds. And then nice week had a back injury, which opened the door for Claypool to get all his snaps and Claypool, while we probably had just saw his highest scoring fantasy game of the season, it was <laughs> nice to see the types of they're like trying to get him touches yeah. too. You know, you see him get an end around Runs, for a yeah. touchdown. You see him get a, a goal line screen, and also like he's got like that that Vincent Jackson build, man, like mm. that. You know that 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 lean yeah. like that, that like where he's running way faster than it looks. Like you know, yeah. like it's just it's just clean. He came so out. big. <laughs> yeah, he's so big. Uh, but I mean, so you have to assume like his like usage is going to still be, be able to like, they're going to work more in for him. And James Washington is still getting more snaps than anyone realizes. Mm. Right? Cause you know, he's the target founder, but he's playing quite a bit actually to this point. And then Juju has still got his slot role. And I think it actually, the matchup favors him this week. But when you look at Juju and we talked about him last week versus Robbie Anderson, um, you know, just has, still hasn't had, you know, over 50 yards in a game uh, this season, uh, or, or, you know, he'd 62 and then 48, 43, 28, um, but only a career low 5.2 uh, average depth of targets. We talked about Ben, you know, not really necessarily pushing the ball completely downfield right now. Um, you know, I just think that there'll be some oscillation. I think if 
there's going to be a, a, like these guys aren't going to be locked in wide receiver ones, probably even fringe wide receiver twos, and they're going to have lower floors than we assume. But they're also also guys that are really consistently going to be ranked as like top thirty six and forty guys. Yeah, yeah. You know, like you're going to have to have all three up yeah. there, um, just because of the way it works out and all the different roles they play uh, to where these guys can pop off. Um, but obviously, I think if you took Juju where he got where you where he was going, I think that you know we talked about it last week, just in the context of him versus Robbie Anderson, that you were probably going to end up being a little disappointed pointed on him being reverting to like a wide receiver one and channeling that again but uh it's a really good wide receiver group ever a lot of talent here uh you know i don't think you need to run and hide from anybody here but there is also going to be a lot of lean moments i think uh you know random randomly for these guys yeah absolutely uh let's move on to uh justin herbert um who's the best rookie quarterback and why is it justin herbert I mean, it's it, Joe Burrow is obviously the big name, and then obviously Tua, um, but Justin Herbert, I mean, absolutely has crushed it in his um, in the starts that he has had because somebody punctured his lung before a game or uh, Tyrod's lung before a game. Uh, what do you think of him? I mean, obviously Herbert's playing out of his mind, and this is, I mean, I think we we said it when uh, after his first game that this was going to be huge for for Keenan for Keenan Allen. Um, now we saw a little bit of what he can do for Mike Williams last week, but what does this do for an offense as a whole? Cause I mean, they're going to get Eckler back at some point, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. And Justin Herbert was another one of these guys. Uh, we've seen it over the years in these super flex dynasty leagues that gets buried in the process. We saw it with Josh Allen. We saw it with Daniel Jones, where the kind of the subjective scout stance is more skews more negative and they fall now granted i will say herbert this draft class also didn't do him any favors uh to where he was you know be able to rise like if we were to redraft right now he would go higher than he does but i still think we would draft a number of skill players over him um but we've seen it though like you know josh allen was like a second rounder no everyone's like this dude's gonna be terrible it's not gonna work we saw daniel jones and like yeah you know daniel jones uh, you know still the the book is out but he at least provided some moments last week he's a starting quarterback still um but herbert is played just objectively better than anyone i think assumed that he would um especially downfield and standing in there man like uh because he's he they've done him no favors the chargers are still coming out and just running every first and second down uh he is the lowest percentage of passes on first down than any quarterback on the season uh but he is number one in the nfl on third downs and he's number one against pressure if you he was getting killed in that game on monday night but he's just standing in there and taking deep shots on third and seven because the defense knows that they have to drop back and pass because it's third and long in the situation that anthony lynn put his rookie quarterback in because they don't want to run on any type of passing that any type of passes on first down (laughs) even though they're not getting any yardage um but yeah so that's been probably now how sustainable is that going to be where we can expect Justin Herbert to just thrive under pressure way above league rates and thrive on third downs way above league rates. Anthony Lynn's got to start doing him some favors. They've got to start putting him in some more favorable spots. Uh, but he looks like a, a genuinely pleasant surprise and a guy even in one quarterback leagues now that we can turn to for big ceiling moments. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I do believe I picked him as my QB last week, Rich. Um, and it, it, it turned out, turned out all right. Um, and I think with the, I think the best part um, of, of, of this Herbert thing is, is um, he can run too. And he hasn't done that like really at all yet um, so far in his start. So, I mean, this is a guy that can, can get that little Konami code uh, cheat code for you uh, in his games as we, as we kind of head more into 2020. So uh, obviously the, uh, 
the graft is is trending up for Justin Herbert and that whole offense as a whole. So we like it. Uh, somebody who has been trending down, it looks like lately, is Lamar Jackson. Uh, for where you're drafting him, Rich, um, he sure isn't paying off as of yet. Where are we at with uh, Lamar Jackson? And can he turn it around? And that's the uh, the old QB1 curse, man. These guys don't repeat. They get drafted highly. Obviously, Lamar had the unicorn element to him where we knew that the passing was going to regress. We knew that he couldn't sustain that touchdown rate in yards per attempt. But we said, well, he's got the legs. He's no Russell Wilson. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, he's got the legs. But if you look at it, I mean, he's been outside of the top 15 scores in three of his past four games. He's thrown for 204 yards or fewer in every game since week one and then whatever phantom knee injury had at the end of last week that he didn't practice Thursday and Friday they came out and he only ran two times for you know and you know career lows he had three rushing yards last week Lamar Jackson is not going to survive in fantasy on three rushing yards like we're not going to live on that now. He's he already practiced in full this week, so we're kind of over. Maybe that was just related, you know, him having whatever that knee issue was. He's running a little bit less. Also, the other thing for the Ravens is they have not been pressed on the scoreboard outside of that Chiefs game, and he right. was terrible in that Chiefs game. But they've been playing just a lot of boat races, man. Like just they've been just all their wins are like really heavy-handed wins. Um, and when you look at their schedule coming up, maybe not this week against the Eagles if they hold court. Uh, the Eagles got some guys a little healthier in the receiving game, but, I mean, we expect them as huge favorites to win. But then after this, they play the Steelers, the Colts, the Patriots, the Titans, the Steelers, the Cowboys, and the Browns. Um, those are some teams we at least believe, based on how the season has gone to this point, can at least put up some fight, right? Like, those are all mm-hmm. teams that we are in playoff contention. Maybe not the Cowboys. Well, I guess technically they are because the well, they division. are in the East. Yeah, because yeah. because the, the, the division. <laughs> race. But I mean, all those teams I reeled off are going to be teams that are in the playoff race. So maybe some we'll see the Ravens open up Lamar's like rushing and kind of give us the full taste of the offense um, when they start playing in some of these closer games. I mean, the Chiefs game kind of throws some shade on that because they were so bad. But uh, you know, there's a lot of moving parts here. Obviously, you're disappointed what you got so far. Um, I think that he's an interesting buy at this point because I'm sure someone's ultra disappointed. You can at least send some feelers out to see if someone wants to give something up, uh, you know, for him and see if you can run into some ceiling weeks, you know, when the games get tight. But uh, it has not been uh, promising so far uh, from the results you've gotten. Yeah. All right. I'm going to throw out something at you here. 35 targets, 20 receptions, 145 yards, one touchdown. Mostly going off is the tight end three in fantasy football drafts. Who is it, and why is he so bad? <laughs> oh, it's got to be uh, Ertz, man. It's, it hurts. It hurts so bad. And you know, a lot of people thought this past stretch was just lined up like last year. It's like, oh, here we go again. All the Eagles died. Zach Ertz is going to just run into even Goddard. And, Goddard's dead right now. You know, yeah. You know, he's going to run into 140 targets again. They're going to, and it's just going to anchor him. There's going to be no way he's going to be a tight end, top three tight end again. And it just has not been the case. I mean, he's also been a focal point for defenses. He's the last two games. He's caught five of 11 targets for 15 yards. Mm. Uh, he has just mm. one scoring week higher than tight end 15. Uh, and, and he currently has career lows in yards per reception, just 7.3 yards per catch yards per target, just 4.1 and catch rate, just 57%. And now we are starting to see the Eagles get guys back Deshaun Jackson's coming back. Alshon Jeffrey's coming back. Travis Fulgham looks like he, they want to find out at least what that 
that kid has. Um, Jalen Rigor is going to come back. And Dallas Goddard after this week is going to be eligible to come off of that short-term MIR. So now we're going to get more mouths to feed for Zach Ertz as well. And then you have to wonder if there's any potential he could be traded to at some point this season. I would say it's probably doubtful, but if there's a star, maybe it's him. But uh, another guy you drafted highly at a onesie position, uh, the opportunity cost is just killing you right now. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's not looking good for, for Zach Ertz owners right now. All right, let's get a word from our sponsor before we get uh, into our starts of the week, Rich. All right, let's get into our starts of the week. We did we did all right last week, man. Uh, we did okay. I think here we are. Nope, that was the week before. Uh, you had Herbert. Herbert I had was Herbert. a smash. I had Edmonds. Ooh, I think he was yeah. top. He was he was top. He was top fifteen. I think. Who'd you he have for running nine, back? He had ninety yards and a touchdown. I had Devontae Freeman. He was he was good too. Touchdown. Uh, our wide receiver stunk. Yeah, I just or, want to pretend I retroed Brandon Cooks from the week before. Can I yeah. transit a prop? Same me with yeah, yeah. We were talking about that. We, Preston, I had Preston Williams the week before. Uh, we're just gonna kind of move those over, but uh, you know we are we're, we're getting there, man. So uh, again, let's get better this week because uh, that's that's what we seem to be doing. We just get better. So let's start with QB quarterback. Who do you got, man? Uh, I'm actually going to go right into the guy we opened the show with. I'm going to go with Andy Dalton, man. I was, hey. Aaron, I was trying to think of a couple options to go with, but you it's know, rough, I think, man. It's I mean, rough. I think I think Tannehill's in play, but then you have to worry just if they're able to, you know, if you look at the games against te- the Texans this year, like it, the teams that have been able to run on them end up having low passing volume. So I do worry that just like Tannehill's got to be like hyper efficient. I think he's a good start though. If you have Tannehill and you want to stream him, uh, that's fine. But I, I look at this Dallas game and you know. Uh, no Chandler Jones now. I look at Arizona's schedule. They really haven't faced anybody at all. Uh, you know, they faced Jimmy Garoppolo. They faced Dwayne Haskins. Uh, they faced Joe Flacco. And then Teddy carved them. And then Stafford was solid against them. Not, you know, not like amazing QB1, but uh, they haven't really been challenged. They've got a lot of injuries uh, on that side of the ball. Uh, and they're already just middle pack against the pass uh, with that schedule I laid out. We've got Dallas at home with a 26-point team total. Uh, we do have the Andy Dalton in primetime narrative uh, smacking us in the face. I'm going <laughs> to fly into the sun on it. Uh, he's been a QB one in just six of 22 career night games. <laughs> uh, but he did, you know, his second to last one, he did throw four touchdowns against the Ravens. Right. Right. Uh, so, hey, you know, there's a, there's history, not back in our side, but <laughs> every game is individual. It's a snowflake. Yeah. Uh, and it's um, 2020, man. It's 2020, so. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Andy Dalton getting over on primetime would be a 2020 take. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with Andy Dalton out of that group of, of QB2s. If you got a, if you lost Dak, I think you can turn to him. Um, and if you're streaming, if you grabbed him, I think you can turn to him with you. I like it, man. Um, and just looking at the quarterback landscape beyond QB12, like we like we have to do in this, it's pretty rough, man. Um, I had a hard time finding one. So I'm going to go back to somebody who who didn't uh, come through for me a few weeks ago. I'm going to go Jared Goff uh, as the QB 15 against San Francisco. Uh, currently, the game's at set up 52 over under. Uh, San Francisco has given up the 13th most fantasy points to QBs and only and second least uh, points to running backs. Um, so I think they're going to have a, a, a tough time running the ball. Um, San Francisco's—they've given up 22 fantasy points to QB. Uh, to QBs uh, in three of the five weeks they've they've played. Um, you look at last last year, Goss, Goss last game against San Francisco, uh, week 15, 
uh, threw for 323 yards and two touchdowns. Um, I, I just don't think they're going to be able to run the ball that well. San Francisco's defense um, is, is, is still a bit uh, injured this year. So uh, I'm going to go with Goff in hopes he gets me to the promised land this week. Running backs. I'm going back to the law, man. Just because, I again, this is a position that I hated. I almost went with J.K. Dobbins, but uh, I feel Philadelphia's defense, I, I know they're going to stuff Mark Ingram. I just don't know how much usage J.K. Dobbins is going to get. But I'm going to go back to Chase Edmonds um, for what he did for me last week because he's right now as the, as the running back, 25, um, going against uh, the Dallas defense that uh, you just talked about that game a little bit. The over-under is 54.5. He had his most snaps last week at 45%. He has, he's had six targets in each of the last two games. Dallas defense is terrible. Um, Kenyon Drake hasn't been that great. Uh, got into the, got into the, uh, the end zone last, last week, um, but so did Chase Edmonds. And uh, I'm just going to keep rolling with him until somebody, dra- uh, somebody ranks him in the top 24. Yeah, I mean, just looks better than Kenyon Drake, yeah. too. Um, yeah. Kenyon Drake got into the paint last week, but he, he looked the same. It was the same Kenyon Drake game where it was a fight for every yard, and he's just not catching passes because they're going to Edmonds and other guys. Um, my guy moved today, but uh, we were going to do this last night, obviously. And they, So I had Miles <laughs> Gaskin. So, uh, I mean, you can tell me that doesn't count or not. But, uh, no, that, that works. That works. Because he was, he was like the RB twenty six. You know, you're Darrell Henderson in him right now. I am, I am for <laughs> sure. But I mean, you know, huge home favorite. Uh, he's had twenty touches in two of the past three games. He's mm. yet to have hundred total yards in a game. Yeah. But uh, he's fourth amongst all running backs and catches on the season. Uh, Jordan Howard was a healthy scratch last week, which allowed him to get his first kind of opportunity at the goal wait, line. Wait, wait. Did you say Gaskin is fourth in overall catches for running backs? Yeah. Jesus Christ. I had no yeah, idea. Man. No idea. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's fourth in, uh, among in catches, uh, needed that goal line carry, and he cashed it in. He got a chance to cash in. That, that, yeah. that, that's a big deal. Uh, huge home favorites against the Jets team are 28th in rushing points allowed, uh, 18th in receiving points allowed to running backs. Uh, probably a high-touch game uh, for Gaskin. I know he did move up. I, I still have him a lot higher in our individual ranks than where he got bumped up to. I think he's like 23 now on the Fantasy Pros. Uh, but that's all right. Yeah. I'll count it. I'll count it. I jinxed it, but whatever. No, no, you're good, man. And now I'm, I think I'm going to probably have to start him in a couple of leagues and I feel a little better about it now. Um, so that's, that's good. Well, he's uh, a, U, a UW guy, man. Uh, he is, he is. In your he, area. Uh, dude, he got a lot of run at UW too. I mean, that dude, he had some touches, Miles Gaskin. So uh, he was, I, a, you know, he was in the Debbie circuit yeah, he was know, as he a was. prospect and just you know didn't get he wasn't drafted right like he didn't get drafted right and then that kind of just threw everything off but he was definitely a guy that you know debbie owners were invested into at a time yeah uh, it just yeah. didn't pay off and you know you see him get a chance and get the opportunity yeah he uh i think a lot of people kind of shifted over towards ahmed salvin which i think is with the uh 49ers now um, but Gaskin has always been the kind of guy he just he's just a grinder man he's a little tiny grinder and I like it um, let's move on to also better than Bishop Sankey um, <laughs> let's move on to wide receivers Rich who do you got this week uh, I'm going to the guy that has 12 catches on the season hey um, yeah I mean I'm, I'm, I'm reaching here but uh, it's gonna be Marvin Jones uh, you I know we've seen yeah 
We've seen Marv do this before. He he's this type of fantasy player. He goes through lulls. He has low three touchdowns coming, and then right, just yeah. like kind of pops. Uh, he has just five targets in his two games played at Kenny Galladay, but he is the out there exercising. He's a runner out ninety seven percent of the Detroit dropbacks, which is third, the third highest rate among all wide receivers. So he's out there. The ball hasn't found him yet. Uh, we know when he does hit, he tends to erupt. Uh, it's a very similar spot to what Brandon Cooks was in last week. Uh, you know, as he was a guy running routes and then the targets found him uh, last week, not the week that I picked him, but uh, they did find him last week. And then the Jaguars still have so many injuries. We don't know if CJ Henderson's going to be back. DJ Hayden's still out. Uh, they've got other injuries on the other side of the ball. Miles Jack, Josh Allen, uh, pretty good spot for Detroit to kind of, if they want to throw, which you never know if they do, uh, if they want to put the ball in the air here, I think there's a lot of success to be had with the Detroit passing game. Yeah, love Stafford this week. Um, hopefully that doesn't uh, bite me in the ass, but uh, love that pick. I'm going to double down on the uh, Arizona offense and go with Christian Kirk currently as the wide receiver 43. Again, uh, I talked about how bad Dallas defense is, and mostly it's because of that secondary. They've given up the second most points, fantasy points to wide receivers, nine touchdowns to wide receivers so far this year. Um, I we saw Kirk finally kind of look healthy last week. He had seven targets, five, five reception receptions and 78 yards. Um, just kind of think this is, this is kind of his, his, his 2000, his 2020 game kind of coming out party again. Um, his post hype sleeper game, if you will. So I'm going to go with Christian Kirk, man. Dig it, man. He's, he's played well the last couple weeks too, coming back from yeah. injury. Yeah. I like him. All right, man. Tight ends. We we haven't been great on tight ends. So um, who who is? I mean, I Bob yeah. Bob Tanyan bought us a lot of leeway. I think. Yeah, so. I mean uh, that's true. I mean he he bought us a few weeks. So uh, I'm just gonna say like it's it's happening, man. We we kind of threw dirt on this guy a couple of weeks ago, but uh, currently the tight end 18, Irv Smith. We saw it last week. This we is my it. guy. So let's just let's just single. Let's just focus all our energy in here on this one. Yeah. One is it, one is it universal your guy? pick. It is. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I like it. It is happening. Uh, you said, I mean, we, Dalvin Cook is out. Um, they, they finally, uh, they finally let Irv Smith get some, get some play last week. Um, Kurt and uh, Cousins actually threw to him. Uh, his, his snaps have increased each of the last three games. Uh, Atlanta's given up the second most fantasy points to tight ends. Uh, this game's got a high over under at 54 and a half. Uh, last week, five five targets, four only uh, four receptions, sixty four yards. That it's coming, man. It's coming. What do you, what do you got for me? Tell me tell me why I'm right. <laughs> uh, and tight end is particularly rough again this week. You know when you when I go and set rankings yeah. every week, and you realize that the, you say, all right, well, there's no Darren Waller. He's obviously a tight end one stalwart. But then there's no Hunter Henry. There's no Jared Cook, and you're like, well, those guys are all right. They're they're fine tight ends, but those are guys that are like every week starters. Yeah. And when you remove them from the board of like rankings, and you immediately plug in your top guys, and then you get the gap all the way down to like it's like you're streaming tight end at like tight end four this week. Yeah, it's, it's like bad. all these guys are streamers. Uh, I mean, it's it's a struggle bus again this year at the position. Uh, you hit upon it. They ran 12 personnel at the highest rate they did all season, the highest rate of any team in the league last week. Uh, so if that continues, I mean, he's got a chance. He out, he ran more pass routes than Kyle Rudolph last week. Uh, Lane has allowed seven touchdowns to tight ends. Uh, the most of the position, they're 29th, allowing 33 catches to tight ends. Um, like I said, it's just a, it's a spot we've got to grasp for. I think, you know, Eric Ebron is fine again, but we picked him a couple times. Uh, just, we just want to have fun. So let's focus our energy together and we'll like a universal Irv Smith tight end streaming pick. 
I like it, man. And like I said, man, we we do not discuss who our picks are before before the podcast. So we we had no idea we were picking the the same tight end. So I just didn't um, want to pick another guy either because it's just so I know bad. I know it it was real bad this week when I saw Irv Smith at tight end eighteen. I was like, all right, now I'm gonna now I'm gonna look why. <laughs> <laughs> all right man well that is our show for week six um again there's no thursday night game obviously we're recording right now that has been moved to monday so uh you know you get you get like three extra days to to set your starting lineup which is which is kind of nice uh we don't have to worry about sit starts for another 72 hours man yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we got enough days to marinate on this. There's no, no one's going to be losing after tonight. So it's kind of fun. Like, remember that, like, first blood drawn on Sundays? Like, yeah, it's been yeah. a long time since that's uh, been a thing. Uh, you know, definitely use that promo code chat dropped at the front of the show. One thing you can say, man, is like, that that Sunday chat is open. We in the chat had like a thorough discussion on Sunday about playing Brandon Cooks in tournaments and, you know, getting over overweight on him. And it worked out. Uh, I had my best DFS week of the season last week. Uh, so you know come definitely take advantage of those chats and come hang out with us man on sunday mornings do it man all right man uh make sure you're following rich over at twitter at lord reebs and uh i'm at chad underscore scott 13 good luck week six and we'll see you next week later